Hello, and welcome back to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. I'm Maggie Elmer, and on today's episode, I get to speak with someone I deeply admire, Dr. Kim Moss. Kim is going to be one of our speakers at the Spirit and Truth Conference coming up very shortly here in Dayton, Ohio. In this conversation, we talk about many things. We recorded during the height of the Asbury outpouring, so of course we discussed that. We talked about Kim's spiritual hunger and and just what it means to be spiritually hungry as a Christian. We talk about some of her early experiences encountering the power of God and being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a wide-ranging, fascinating, vulnerable conversation, and I really hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hello, Kim. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with me today. Oh my gosh. How fun is this? I, I, I love talking to you anytime, anytime. Just give me a call. Let's talk. Well, (laughs) okay. I'm going to try not to geek out. Kim, you are going, yes, we'll be serious. We'll be serious. You are going to be one of our speakers at the spirit and truth conference. I am in just a couple of weeks. And I am privilege. Oh gosh. We're so excited. And you know a little bit about what's going on at Asbury right now? I do. I've been following. Yeah. This is an interesting thing that's stirring. I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to ask about opinions because the Lord doesn't necessarily need our opinions, but I am so encouraged. I'm, are <laughs> you, too. how are you feeling about it? Like, what, oh. did, what did you think when you learned about it? I was so excited, you know, um, it's been a, it's been a really hard season this last mm. season. And I don't think that we are prophetically speaking, you know, and, uh, and I'm not saying thus saith the Lord, but I am saying that if you are watching what's going on in the world, you see mm. that there is a lot of geopolitical movement. There's a lot of power struggle, uh, mm. in the nations, but even in our nation, we have had so much division. Uh, we have had, COVID, we have uh, a rise in suicide and depression and anxiety Mm. and people on meds for that like never before. Uh, We have uh, had everything in our lives that can be shaken, shaken. And, you know, when I allude to that passage of scripture in Hebrews 12, I'm what I'm talking about is the things that are not of faith and not of the kingdom. So we we have found that uh, our education can't save us. Our medical uh, doctors cannot save us. Our money cannot save us. Our government cannot save us. Uh, Our entertainment cannot save us. And in times like we've just been through, there is only one answer and that's Jesus. And I think that this has been a setup for the thing that so many of us have been seeing coming for mm-hmm. a long time. I, I have I have heard it prophesied by uh, leading prophets in the nation of all different denominations. Uh, I have felt it even myself that some sort of revival, when I say revival, you know, that word it's loaded, it's a loaded word and, um, and it's polluted in some ways, you know, mm-hmm. and we use it like, you know, jumping and screaming and rolling around on the floor, which, which happens, you know, when the Holy spirit moves. But when I say revival, I'm talking really about bringing something dead to life. And I think that in many ways, uh, the church has been in need of a fresh breath. And it feels like to me, when I see this thing going on in Asbury, man, it's going to, it will make me tear up. I see 
students and everyday ordinary people having a taste of something of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And whether it lasts for a few weeks or a few months or several years, a taste. I mean, you know, it stirs up our hunger for all of us. If, if we are willing to open up our hearts and say, God, I really need you. You know, this is the answer that we've been waiting for. Really, the answer to COVID. It's the answer to the dryness. It's the answer to the harshness of the times. You know, um, there are people groups and I and I and I won't go on forever because I know you have more things. So you want to say, OK, no, I want to hear there are there are people groups all around the world, you know, um, that don't live in a first world country. They don't have first world problems. They have third world problems, you know, and um, there there are there are no answers mm-hmm. coming to their first world, to their third world problems from their government, from the educational, you know, aspects of their society, those kinds of things. The help that comes to them is a visitation of Jesus. I mean, yeah. even even I I have I have in my church I have uh, people who are friends have friends who are uh, in Turkey right now helping with the survivors, you know. And just the other day, there was a report that came that they rescued some children after what eight days, you know, wow. in the rubble. And the children said they they're healthy, and the, and they were like, "How did this happen?" They said there was a man in white who came and fed me and gave me water, you know, and I'm telling, I mean, this gives me chills. Listen, yeah, you know, a taste of the Holy Spirit. There's just nothing like it. I mean, this is, that's, that's survival and it's more than survival. We cannot flourish without it. I think that's such a good thing to hear. You expressed something right at the very beginning, you know, that, that you had been watching the live stream, someone, you know, there are a lot of different people live streaming from Hughes auditorium and, and, um, and you express something that I think a lot of people think, which is feel they just, you want to be in on it. You want to feel connected to it. And, um, one of the things that I've sort of been observing in, sort of my tribe here, a kind of a, I, I, the way I sort of couch it is like a little bit like the older brother and the prodigal son. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. they're happy about it. And yet at the same time, there's like something that stings, you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And, and I personally, I, I just want to admit that I can completely identify with that. You know, I can completely yeah. relate, especially if you're a person who's like poured into the church environment for a long time. Yeah. And unfortunately, the church environment can be a really dry place. <laughs> yes, it can. <sighs> so I, it can I be think, a really dead place. Yeah. Because it can be so religious. Yeah you know, yes. that it's so involved in their ritual that they, that they can't, they're not open to something unusual or, or different or unexpected, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, and it's just like you said, I mean, I think that this is typical of revivals. When you study revival history, you see that in each, each revival. So in each visitation, let's call it a visitation. visitation. Or let's That's- call it 
-hmm. you know, mm -hmm. let's call it something different than revival. Cause that word is just, um, it's just lost its sort of meaning yeah. for so many people it gets thrown around like, like love. I love hot dogs and I love my husband as though that's the same, the same thing. Right. <laughs> and, um, but in every, in every sort of visitation moment in history, when you look back, um, you see that the people that were involved when it begins to wane and then there's a lull and then there comes another one. Oftentimes, not every time, but oftentimes those that were part of the formal revival begin to critique and, you know, the next one. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I don't know if it's, but I think your description of the older brother is just right. It's, it's a little bit jealous, maybe a little bit envious. Maybe it's a little bit like, well, you're not doing the things that we did because, because right. A revival movement or a visitation can become institutionalized, sure. you know, and then it's like, this is the way you do it. This is the way you do it. And, and you now God is always surprising us. And so if we're going to, if we're going to allow ourselves, wow, I can't believe how emotional I'm getting over this. I listened in yesterday, you know, and I just sat and list, just listened to the singing and then the, the chatter and the announcements, you know, and it was so ordinary and so yeah. extraordinary at the same time. And I, I don't feel compelled. I have to tell you, I don't feel compelled to get on a plane yeah. and fly out there. You know, um, not because I don't want to be a part of it, you know, but because I feel like in this moment in time, my deal is I, I have been on the floor yeah, in my own office saying, yes, come by here, Lord, come by here, come to my city, come, come visit my church, come visit me, come visit my family. And listen, I you know me, I travel the world and I see yeah. God moving um, among his people all over the world. And, and this is the other thing that we do in the church is we say, well, we have something special that no yeah. one else has. No, God, God is moving always. He's working. And even in the dry times, he's working, you yeah. know, but he has set up something wonderful for those students. I'm so happy for them. And and I have, I have said, my heart will be open. Mm -hmm. My heart will be open. God, just come and do something fresh and something new in, in me, in, in my, in my little city, in my, I I'm in North Idaho. You know, we don't have anything, you know, we're not like, woo, we have all this. Do so you have to come? And, you know, I don't have anyone <laughs> famous living in my city. I don't have anyone famous in my in my, um, in my church, but isn't that sort of the point of Asbury? It's not a celebrity movement, no. you know, and we've been caught up in sort of that, haven't we, uh, in church a little bit. And there's always leaders that become widely known. That's different than a celebrity. Sure. You know, John Wesley was widely known. We know him in church. He made history. We know him of church history. We read still what he has written. We, we long for that, you know, that warming feeling that he had. You know, we, we long for do it again. God, you know, um, but he wasn't, he, he didn't say, I'm a celebrity and I've got, I'm, I'm the end all be all. You know, um, I love that it's ordinary but it's still Jesus. I feel the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 
I think I completely relate and identify with what you're saying, um, you know, for better or for worse because of social media and because um, sort of there's a little bit of an overlap in, in we're not far from Asbury where I live in Dayton, you know, really only about oh. two and a half hours. Yeah. And um, my husband and I, we were aware of it happening by Wednesday night, you know, Oh. And then by Thursday, you know, we were sort of having conversations and, and our, um, there's connection, you know, just between Asbury, the university, the seminary, I have friends who work there. And anyway, we were, my husband and I were discerning, like we both work in ministry. We've poured into the church and, and we both had this very strange kind of, I wouldn't describe it as ambivalence. We were thrilled, but we also just felt like a kind of a distance from it. Like Mm -hmm. I said, should we go? And he said, I don't know, let's pray about it. So we (laughs) prayed separately and we discerned separately. We heard the same thing, which was don't go unless you're going to take your children. And so, which was, it's funny, right? Because I think a lot of times when, I mean, I have this feeling a lot, like I want to go away with you, Lord. I want to be away from all my life responsibilities. I want to, so at first I was like, my Lord, I don't, (laughs) like, I don't want to, like, gosh, that requires coordinating logistics, (laughs) like all this stuff. But he was just like, don't go unless you're going to take your kids. And I figured it out right away when I walked in the door, why he said that. And I, and he was like, look, it's, I pour my spirit out on all flesh, but I'm not always talking to like, I'm not talking to you right now. You know what I mean? Like I'm talking to these young people. He's like, I am talking, you know, yes, be here in my presence, but I'm, I'm, I'm not talking to you right now. Well, you know, you're right. You're hearing right in line with what the spirit is doing. I have been hearing, I have been hearing for the last two years that God was bringing us an opportunity to rebuild the family altar. Amen. And that this next move of the Holy Spirit, you know, and again, I'm not saying thus says the Lord. These are the things that I that I feel like the word is showing. Yeah. You know, and, um, but I feel so strongly that this, that, that God wants to reconnect the generations Yes, so that we have an intergenerational move. He, he wants to move on the fathers and the mothers, but he wants to move on the next generation and he wants to move on the, on the children. And he Mm -hmm. wants, because it's a family altar, you know, and uh, we're in this kind of, I've heard a lot of people say Malachi time, you know, where, you know, the fathers and the, you know, the fathers are going to reconnect the sons and the blah, blah, blah. I can't say it like them because it's not how God has spoken to me, what he has shown me, what, what I have seen, um, which I may talk about at the spirit and truth. conference. I'm excited. I'm I'm listening um, is, um, but I have had burning on my heart for the last two years, really uh, about Gideon and not Mm -hmm. about Gideon, the warrior, but about uh, Gideon who, uh, who uh, had all the testimonies, but, 
but was afraid still of the enemy and and in a in a wine press threshing wheat he was not in the right place doing the thing he was called to do and and part of that reason was because he was like just stories you know and how was it that the but that that's a testimony of his father and the elders were just stories. Well, because there was an idol in the father's house. Yeah. You know? And so his first assignments tear down the idol, father's mm-hmm. idol. And and when he does, a lot of criticism comes upon him, but his father is revived. His father has a personal revival. And so then the generations are reconnected. And then he can go out, be clothed with the spirit, and do what he's supposed to do. And I this is the thing that God has been speaking to me. Like, this is what I want to do. You know, I, I need to remove some things from the former generation so that the younger generation can see the power of the testimony of the former generations. And then they can step into the things of the Holy spirit and, and do what they're called to do. And I'm like, Jesus do that. And so God, I'm, Oh, wow. I'm, Oh, I am a little overcome all of a sudden I can feel all the hairs <laughs> in my body yeah, I know. You know, rising I up, have right? feel the Holy spirit, the Holy spirit. And I, and when I, when I hear of Asbury and I see what's going on there, I'm like, Lord, you're doing it. Mm-hmm. You're doing that. They're getting a taste of the Holy spirit. And in that taste, they're going to be like, tell us the stories. What was it like for you? Yeah. You know, and in, in that renewal, in that, revival, we also are going to have to look and repent for some of the things yes. that we have allowed, right, to mix in mm. that have tarnished or damaged or damaged or dull. I, you know, I want to be careful with my language because I, I am not pointing fingers. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to touch my heart as, right. as that former generation who's not done yet, by the way, not at all. <laughs> And, uh, but, you know, but I'm, and Lord, like, have I allowed anything to come in that has, that has removed some of the power of the testimony of the things that I have seen, that I have walked in so that my children and my spiritual sons and daughters, because I have many, you Mm -hmm. know, so that they can walk in a power that is, that is the grace that you've put on their life, but also lending the strength of the grace that you have had on my own life. And this is what I want to see. And I really believe with all my heart, this is what God wants to do. Amen. It's funny. One of the things I've been reflecting on a lot is the nature of how we start hungry and how we keep the hunger and maintain the hunger because the desperation that leads us to Jesus where we discover him is different than the type of hunger that we have to maintain, you know, 10, 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 years in 50, 50. (laughs) Yes. Right. I mean, I have friends. Yes. So when you say who's not done, I was just, you know, this generation that's not done. I was just thinking about this younger generation is being set free and commissioned and they're experiencing something. They need discipleship. They're going to need spiritual moms and dads to help them take risks and also help them recover when you will inevitably fall on your face. Like, I mean, I'm going to be 45 this year and I'm still falling on my face and I praise (sighs) God for the people 
who walk alongside to be like, Hey, it's okay. It's not that big a deal. Actually. God is like a lot bigger than you are. Just fall forward. You're yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but I mean, there also is uh, so many people sitting in churches who are like, well, you know, I'm older. I, I, they either are like, look, you do the work. It's your turn. Or they're like, what good am I? And I just want to say, no, that is a lie. That's a lie. That is a lie. Yeah. You're never done until you're with Jesus. Yeah. And the problem is, is we stopped being hungry somewhere along being hungry. How do you maintain hunger as a mature Christian? Do you know what I'm asking? Are you calling me old Maggie? No, no, I'm, I'm actually I'm not. <laughs> mature. I'm no. just kidding because you can be mature and be 20. You know? I, yes. So well, no, I get I'm, that. I'm just I'm teasing. saying, like, you know, like Paul says, you know, there were there are times, look, when you were children, we treated you like children, you ate the things of yeah. children. Now Absolutely. you're mature, but it doesn't yeah. mean you stop eating, you yeah. know? And and following Jesus is is not a picnic. It's difficult, you know, and um and you pay, you pay a price. Mm-hmm. You pay a price to follow Jesus. You pay a price to follow the call of God on your life. And we all are called. And, uh, and we all have the great commission. You know, Matthew, tw- uh, Matthew 28 is for everyone, not yes. just for ministers. Um, Mark 16, 15 to 18, go into all the world and preach the gospel. These signs will follow those who believe. That's for all of us. That's yes. not for just ministers. Um, that means that whether you are a plumber or a housewife or a teacher or a professor or a, or an apostolic leader, uh, this is this is part of your call, and you will have a particular call as well uh, that will reach into the marketplace or into the church or into the yeah. nations. Um, but you are called for the rest of your life, and so uh, retirement is really not an option. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it is a it is a it's really a carnal option you know? And, um, so, and I don't mean like you can't retire from your particular job. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you don't ever retire from following Jesus and fulfilling the call of God on your life, whether you are still working or you have, you know, my husband has retired from 30 years on the fire department. Mm. Um, he was not a minister and, uh, and so, but he's still following Jesus and the call of God because now he travels with me you know, and he advises me, he's on my board and, uh, you know, and we go to church and when we minister, he ministers with me. And so you see what I'm saying? Like, you don't, you don't ever stop and you should always be asking the Lord. So what's the next thing? Cause your job is actually just your assignment yeah. and your assignment comes under the rubric or the big, the overarching mission for your life that God has called you to. And so every assignment you have, whether you are working now or you've stopped working, if you're in your sixties or seventies or whatever, you know, uh, now you should be asking God for your next assignment. This is part of how you stay hungry. Yeah. The other way you stay hungry is you get in community. Yeah. You know, Hebrews, my favorite, my favorite book in the Bible, but Hebrews chapter 10, uh, I believe it's in 19 where he talks about, you know, uh, that we, that now, you know, the veil is torn and we have this new living way through Jesus and all of this stuff. But then it goes on to say, but remember now, stir one another up oh, to yeah. love and good works. And that, that word, that stirring up, it's a incite them, mm. you know, 
incite it. Like if I'm going to incite somebody to do something, you know, I can incite them when I, when I talk to them and I incite them with a passion that I have or an anger that I have or an injustice that I want to talk about, you know, but incite them to love, you know? And so when we talk about love, again, it's not loving hot dogs the same way I love my husband, you know, it's, we love one. They know that we are Christians by our love. We have to go back to uh, the Sermon on the Mount and find out what does that look like? You know, it's not political. I'm just so mad about that. And, you know, so like, even now listening to me, you're being incited, you're being cited to incite, you know, I'm stirring up your love for one another and for for all flesh, for all God's people, for all of his creation, mm-hmm. you know, and, and then stir one and up to good works, you know, say, you got to go after this, you have to go do this. This is the call that is on your life. And so I surround myself with people who are following hard after Jesus, like it's not a game to them. It's not an option. Yeah for them yeah. in their life, whatever their assignment is. And I, you know, some of them are realtors, some of them are lawyers, some of them are, are stay at home moms, but, but we are all called and we know it. And so we, we stir each other up to love and good works and, you know, and we don't forget to meet together, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's in a small group or it's in, you know, just a girlfriend group or if, or if I'm at church, I go to church, I go to a local church and I, and I'm part of that community. And I'm watching using the gifts and the grace that God has given me, not because I'm a minister, but because I am, because I am a follower of Jesus and I am a minister, but in my church, I am, I am, uh, I am recognized as a leader, but I don't have a formal position in my church because I am an itinerant minister who's in and out and in and out and and to all of those things, right? But I'm still part of my local church. And so when I'm there, I'm watching. What is God doing in my congregation? What is he doing in my leaders? How can I incite them yeah. to love and good works? You see what I'm saying? And this stirs up, this keeps my hunger alive. And when I, when I hear about something going on like at Asbury, I tune in. Mm-hmm. I tune in. I open up my heart and say, God, you know, listen, I, I leave the critiquing to someone else. Well, someone else will am, certainly do it. And they're, and they are, you know, yeah. and I have seen some of it on Twitter, you know, and because I'm on social media, so I see some of it and you know what? I stop, I stop reading it. I stop yeah. reading it and I start praying for them. Mm-hmm. God bless them. Lord, protect them. Set, set your, send your angelic hosts to move among them and to minister. You send them out to minister to those who are to inherit salvation, send them out, you know, Mm -hmm. and, 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 and whatever, you know, uh, I heard it once said, you know, I'm, I'm good friends with, with Dr. Randy Clark, who I just love so much. He's been a part of several revival movements, you know, and, um, but he said to us, to me, to our class, when we were doing our doctoral studies, you know, we talked about how revival was coming. And one of the reasons that we were, we were opening up education for doctorates and, and master's degrees and things like that is because revival can rise and fall on their theology. When they get off in their theology, you know, then God, then God begins to, some of it begins to wane because God can't bless, bless 
heresy. You yeah, know? yeah. You know, yes. and that because his word is sacred, you know, we have to study and show ourselves approved so that we divide the word rightly. This is a big deal. And it's a big deal right now. God has his finger on it right now. And so, you know, these are the things that I pray for them. But how beautiful that it's happening. Aren't, isn't it a Methodist school? Isn't it? It's a, they're a holiness. Yes. They're out of the oh, holiness holy- tradition. Oh, of yeah. course. Of yes. course. Cause yes. Yes. Cause holiness is big on God's heart right now too. The word yeah. and holiness and yeah. Yeah. The, um, I would just, I would love to hear like what, what you have been hearing. If you if you feel led to share, um, yeah. just what you have been he- hearing in your prayer times about things like, I don't know what the weather is out there. You know? <laughs> I have, <clears throat> I have been hearing and praying into, uh, the next move of God, you know, you know, I, I wrote a book on the way of the kingdom because mm-hmm. it was about, it was about the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. This was heavy, heavy on my heart for several years, uh, leading up until to last year, because, um, God was showing me in that that um, whenever he begins to move, there's a violent reaction and opposition from the enemy. So yeah. it's not surprising that there's always already critique coming out against them and all kinds of nasty things being said, good things and nasty things. This is how it happens, you know, and we have to be ready for that. And, uh, and we have to respond as the violent, but the violent, the violence of the kingdom looks so different than the violence of the world. We respond with yes. violent love and violent grace, violent forgiveness, you know, mm-hmm. violent, violent uh, generosity, you know. And so <clears throat> I've been hearing that, but I've been hearing that this next move of God would be a holiness movement, uh, that it would be a movement of inter- intergenerational movement, that it would yeah. be uh, that we would see a, a, a just a wave of uh, the Holy Spirit come upon intercession and worship and that we would be hearing again songs that are uh more like hymns Mm. that that give that 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 are ways that we would sing doctrine yeah doctrine doctrine i mean wasn't weren't those the songs of the the, of the wesleyans and you know and uh, wesley absolutely yeah oh you know and so I heard that, that I've been hearing that those, so those, that's how I'm praying and holiness, you know, has been so, um, has become almost a dirty word in yeah. the church. And yeah. part of that is because, you know, I mean, God understood part of that is because we got our hands on that a little bit and it became about, you know, uh, external, um, discipline. demonstrations. Yeah. Yes. You know, and, and you can't, Holiness comes from the inside out. It's not from the outside in. The work of the spirit in our lives is always from the inside out, the outside in. So, you know, when a woman comes into your church, this happened in a church that I was part of many years ago. When a when a when a young woman comes into the church, you know, and her neckline is very, very low, you mm-hmm. know, and her and her, you know, and her uh and her shirt is cropped, you know, and her and her pants are low and you and there's a lot exposed, flesh exposed, you know, but she's, but she's brand newly delivered and, and, and entered into the kingdom of Christ. You know, the thing not to do is to point out to her that it is, that it is, you know, sin to show your, 
your breasts and to show your belly button in church, you know, and that because all you have done is shamed her and holiness is from the inside out. And as you begin to to teach her about how to love Jesus and how to give your life over to Jesus, the clothing changes. Yeah. I mean, you know, it changes from the inside out, you know, so pointing a finger just never helps. And so I, I think holiness, I think we're going to see a revival in holiness. We're going to begin to understand that holiness begins with, with the Shema, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you know, and see, and then it follows from that. Right. Because when I, well, you know, I, I feel so strongly about this. You can tell, but when I, when I love the Lord God with all of my heart, I have, I don't have room for those carnal things anymore. And I, in my heart, it just begins to, to squeeze those things out because wholeness, because I start to become whole. I don't need those things to gain attention. I don't need those things to feel approved of. I don't need those things to feel beautiful, to feel, to feel lovely, to feel loved. You know, I don't need those things to attract a man's attention because I have, I have the Lord God's attention, you, you know? And so um, I think it will be a movement like that. I think we'll remember again, some of those things. Um, so I'm hearing that I'm, I'm hearing that God uh, is, has come that part of the visitation that we've had through COVID. And I believe it was a visitation of God. Yeah. That um, that he uses everything. I am not saying that he's saying that he caused sickness to kill people and murder people off. That's not what I'm saying at all. Please don't hear that. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying he knew it was coming and he saw it. And and I'm saying that in in all of that that happens because God has a way of using the natural to do a supernatural work. It's mysterious because I can't figure God out. Yeah. And uh, it's it's above my pay grade. You know, his thoughts are far beyond my thoughts and his, you know, his ways are far beyond my ways. Um, but I feel like in that time we had a visitation and I feel like God has been putting his finger on the church first because it begins at the house of God, you know, on idolatry and and apostasy in the church, you know. And uh, and I have thoughts about what that looks like, but we probably don't have time to go in that, into that. <laughs> uh, I think he's putting his finger on a. Uh, religious system that is unwelcoming to sinners and we want sinners to come into the house of god and get freed of their sin you know i believe it'll be a great evangelistic movement and how does and who will disciple them if we're not ready to disciple them because our religious system and our religious spirit you know uh condemns them instead of welcomes them into the house of god Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that when we get rid of that, honestly, I think that those who are unchurched and turned away from church because of the religious system will come back and they will, they will once again, be a part of what God is doing. I, and the prodigals will come home. I, I also think that God is putting on his, his finger on a Jezebel in the church. And when I say that, that is another loaded, loaded word because, you Mm. know, oh, the Jezebel spirit and blah, you know, I get, (laughs) I get all that. Hey. And I believe that there are demonic spirits at work. Okay. Cause I am, I am a, I am a charismaniac. I am, you know, I am, <laughs> I'm all, I'm all for it. Hey, I'm, you know, however, I think that a lot of our spiritual warfare is really just a way to avoid pain and suffering. And there's, there's yeah. no way we're going to avoid pain and suffering. If you're going to live in this world, it's just true. And, um, and I think that, and I, that's another thing. I think the church needs to recover its doctrine of its, its theology of suffering. 
Yeah. And I think that's coming because we have those who are suffering and we have not had <clears throat> a theology that allows us to touch their pain. And I think, uh, I don't say that everybody's, I'm not saying that every, every church has not touched the pain of the church. Please don't hear me. Pain yeah. of people. I'm not saying that. No, but it's okay? not I'm saying in general. people understand yes, easily right that's now. That's right. No. And so we need to have that back. But I think he's putting his finger on a Jezebel, meaning a system in the church that has tolerated sexual immorality among its leadership mm. and been and been more about about protecting the system than protecting the the victim you know and i think that i think that it has also tolerated uh, false false prophecy in many ways and uh, and i think that we're in a correction time over that i think that god exposed that we have been in a time of exposure of many of these things that god has allowed not to condemn us. God is not condemning us, but to make us more powerful, to bring us back, to make us alive again. This is revival. Yeah. That's revival to make us alive again and, and to restore our potency where we've been impotent, you know, and to restore the power and the influence of the church. We have something to bring to people. We have something of Jesus to bring. We have something of the Holy Spirit to bring. We have the kingdom to bring to bear on everything that is happening to world to the world, because this is the answer. Yeah. Nothing else has proven potent enough to save. My, my son said the most miraculous thing the other day. He, we were talking about how the demonic has just shown its face, you know, even to his children. And he has said, mom, mom, I have realized that my, my sons need something more powerful than me to see. And they have seen a demonstration of the demonic. Are they going to see a demonstration of the Holy Spirit? You know, this is my own family. And I, and I cry out for the church, my family, that is the church. We have seen a demonstration of the demonic. Are they going to see the power of the Holy Spirit? What I love about, about the Lord is that even in spite of all that, right, he can come. Amen. Yes. <laughs> he, yes. He, he, even in spite of all that, he, he can touch, he can... He can move, he can, you know, because if we're gathering in his name, and I know, I know that there are, there are churches that are truly dead, you know, yeah. and, uh, and I, and I, and I think that in God's grace, he allows them sometimes to, to, you know, close up shop and mm -hmm. be dispersed into other churches, you know, mm -hmm. um, but I don't think that has to be the way. I think I think that oftentimes he gives lots of opportunities. It's okay if it gets messy. I people get you know. Listen, I pastored for a while. When things get messy, it's really difficult to uh, to resist that that uh, that thing in you that goes, okay, I'm going to take control of this because it's just too much of a mess. Yes, <laughs> it's just too yes. Messy. You know, I don't know what's going to happen here, and uh, mm -hmm. you know, and. It's easy to criticize from the outside, right? But when you're yeah. on the inside and you see the kinds of messes that we're talking about and you just go, wow, Lord, I didn't, you know, and then you have to discern, is this God? Is it not God? Is it, you know, mm -hmm. Holy Spirit? Are you, you know, how do I, it's, man, it's, it's way harder than it looks. Um, oh, heck yes. But I just love that, 
that God can do it in spite of us. And he often does. <laughs> Amen. Oh my gosh. Who would have thought there would be, there would be a visitation at Asbury. I, yeah. I mean, I mean you know, I, I mean, I think I've heard Asbury's, I think I've heard that, 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 that college named in a prophetic word once a few years back. Actually, I think that I, I heard that, but um, someone say that, not me, not me. Mm -hmm. Okay. But somebody. And, um, and here it is, you know, and, but if you're part of that church or you're looking from the outside, you're like, Hey, why not that, you know, like Oral Roberts university or one of those, you know, sure. yes. places, but no Asbury. Okay. You know, but God, don't you just love, love it? Okay. Yeah. Um, there it's a, it's, I praise God for what he's doing. And I, I just am grateful to have witnessed grateful. something like that. Um, yeah. Kim, I'm just wondering before we end, if yeah. you were saying, you know, there, there are these, have you ever had a moment where one of your spiritual sons or daughters has been like, tell me, a, tell me the story. <laughs> tell me a story. I'm just wondering, can you tell me a story right now? Tell, tell you me, a story. When did you, what was, I want, I'm curious, what was the first moment when you thought, wow, Lord, you are moving and I'm watching it happen. <laughs> like, I'm, you know what I mean? One of those first big moments of like, holy, uh, holy, what's going on here? I think, um, it came soon after I was baptized uh, with the Holy spirit. And of course that's Pentecostal language because I was in a Pentecostal church. And so we didn't call it an infilling or a second work. Sure. We called it the baptism, baptism with the Holy spirit, the Holy ghost. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and listen, I love, I love all of that. And I don't care what you call it, just get it, you know? Mm -hmm. Amen. And um, so I, but uh, I have, I did not get to know any, no Toronto. I didn't get to go to Toronto or any of those outpourings. Um, I was part of a Pentecostal Foursquare church and, um, and I was a Southern Baptist girl in a Foursquare seeker sensitive church. And so you know, um, Toronto had broken out. It was like 1994. And, um, and I'm on the West coast. And that was of course in Toronto, Canada, which is East coast. And so I know nothing about it. You know, I'm hearing rumblings of something that, you know, that, uh, parts of our denomination, the denomination that I was in at the time was, you know, just like, it's Ichabod, you know, it's not, yeah. it's, it's not the Holy spirit, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's demons, you know, and all that kind of thing. And, um, and because, you know, there was critique and opposition as there always is. And, uh, but I had gone to a women's retreat and, and I was asked to give my testimony because, you know, and I think that I've done this on your podcast before mm -hmm. where I talked about how God saved my marriage by, by uh, speaking to me about it audibly. And, yeah. um, and so we had this miracle happen. And so I went and I gave my testimony at the church and some girl who was uh, 12 years younger than me comes up and says, I, I feel like I'm supposed to lay my hands on you for the baptism of the Holy spirit. And uh, she was confused. Cause she thought I already was because I'd had this encounter before, you know, and it's like, no, I'm not, but you know, you can try. And I had this radical experience. Like I had a Toronto type experience in this seeker sensitive Pentecostal retreat. Mm -hmm. That was, that was so radical for me. I mean, you know, jerking, shaking, falling on the floor, 
um, I'd never seen it, nor had I ever heard about it. I'd never, never, ever. Am I, so it's ha you know, and then, and, um, and then deliverance, you know, uh, of, of some demons, like really. And, uh, which I also didn't have any idea about. And I'm, I mean, like jerking, shaking, sobbing, snot all over the ground. <laughs> you know, I don't know how I fell into a chair, you know, cause I was being slain in the spirit and coming under the power of the Holy spirit. And, um, and after that encounter, I was never the same. I'm, I mean, I have never been the same. And that was March 22nd, 94. And then I found out from Randy when I met him and we became good friends that it's the same time when all of that was going on. And you see how the Holy spirit touched me in this little tiny unknown place in this little, you know, while he's touching people like that. And so I feel like I was at Toronto, even though I, mm. you know, so then right after that, so the first time I actually saw it, cause so this happened to me and I was I was thrilled and terrified. Like, this is amazing. And this is the craziest thing I have ever known. And, you know, like, what, what has, what is this, you know? And so obviously it was the Holy Spirit, but I, I had, I'd never seen anyone, you know, slain in the spirit. I'd never seen anyone break out laughing. I've never, I'd never seen anyone jerking and shaking, you know? And so I had, uh, so it's not happening in my church. Right. So I have to find this. I, what, it, what, what is going on? Something. Yeah. So, um, I had heard about this church called Harvest Rock in Pasadena. Well, I was only an hour from Pasadena, you know? And so I'd heard that, uh, that the Toronto guy himself, uh, was coming there to, uh, to speak there. And then, and then, and some woman named Cindy Jacobs, who I didn't know. And, and some, you know, so these, these people, in completely different streams. So, you know, in the beginning, you talked about all the yeah, streams all that are coming streams, together, yeah. you know, I, I, which I love. I think everyone has a piece to part, you know, to bring to the table. So we have the whole picture. And I, so I'm, I'm, so I go to this conference and there are thousands of people there. I think there was like 3000 people there and people are, they're doing weird things. Like they're dancing with flags and and they've got these streamers <laughs> and they're doing all this crazy stuff, you know, up front. And I mean, it was wild, wild. And people, I'm not kidding you. At one point uh, people got up and they were clucking like chickens and barking like dogs, like, I mean, it was the craziest thing. And they're walking, you know, jerking, falling out of their seat you know, and, and, and singing in, in tongues, you know, which mm -hmm, I had yeah. received my spiritual language, but I'd never heard that before, you know, and I mean, it was, it was the craziest thing I'd have had ever seen. And I was sure that this was not right before the Lord. I was sure this was out of order. I went out of the room. I've told this story before, but really I went, this really happened. I went out of the, out of the building and me and all of my pride, I lay my hands on the building and I begin to pray and call this, this to order in the name of Jesus. I'm calling this meeting to order. This is out of order, you know, and I feel a tapping on my shoulder. I turn around, there's no one there. So I go back and I'm praying again. I feel a tapping on my shoulder again. This time I turn around, no one's there. And I'm like, okay, I know. Yes, Lord. You know, yes, <laughs> because, me. because I was having all of these I was experiencing phenomenon that I didn't know how to explain. And I had no one to help me make, make heads or tails 
Like, am I being visited by demons? Am I, is this the Holy Spirit? I don't know if this is normal because it's very abnormal to me. And I'd heard all kinds of crazy, I'd heard all kinds of, you know, things against this kind of thing when I was growing up. So I, you know, I don't know how to categorize anything. And I, and I hear the Holy Spirit say to me, you know, um, you're going to have to get over yourself if you're going to, if you're going to receive what I have for you in this place, I brought Mm -hmm. you here. And I'm like, well, okay, Lord, you know, and he said, what you are witnessing, he said, there is some demonic activity. He said, and there's some activity that's of the flesh for people who feel like they need to uh, perform to feel, to be seen like they're part of this, you know, he said, but most of this is my Holy spirit. He said, Mm. and you're going to have to get over it. If you're going to receive from my Holy spirit, even among manifestations that are not me. And that was it. I have never, like, I don't care what goes on in the building anymore. Like I, I don't, I don't care. And sometimes it's like Asbury, it's sweet and it's quiet and it's soft and it's so kind. You know, I've seen the mercy, I've seen the mercy and the kindness of the Lord fall in an arena, in a, in a building where there was three tiers of people and there was 6,000 people. And I, and and I'm standing on the platform watching this happen. And I, I have never felt the kindness of the Lord like that. And I still, if I, when I start to talk about it, I can still feel it and it will bring me to tears. It was the sweetest thing I have ever experienced in my life in a foreign country. I was in a foreign country, but this was raucous and crazy (laughs) and, and messy, you know, and, and strange, you know? And so I went back inside. I got over myself because he told me that was my pride. Mm. That wasn't them. That was my pride because I had no business judging any of that because that's, that's between them and the Lord, not me, you know? And so I went back in and I, I had a second touch of the Holy spirit that was magnificent. And it was a moment when I had more clarity about the call on my life and, and the things from my growing up that the enemy had brought against me to take away my confidence. Mm. And it was, it was another major, because, you know, you go from, you know, strength to strength and glory to glory. And we say that all the time, but you know, it's about God growing us you know, and he grows us by delivering us and, and maturing us and all of that and bringing us to times of repentance, bringing us to times of deliverance, bringing us to times of inner healing, bringing us times of, of understanding who we really are to build up our confidence and not our self-confidence, but confidence in who he is and who he is in us, you know, how he has created us. And so, yeah, that was probably, that's one of my favorite stories since then, you know, I mean, I have been one of those people. I listen, God, God brought me to an Anglican church once, you know, they had me in cause they know that I love the word when I preach, you know? And so, you know, I'm there to bring them a message from the Holy spirit, but all with the word, you know, and I get up and I knew I was supposed to have this little girl come up. She was sitting in the front row. She's about 12, 13. And she was supposed to tell a joke. I don't know why, but you know, I told them, you know, when you start with a joke, people like you better. And so then you can hear a hard word, you know? So, so I had her come up and she told, and she told a joke that was slightly off color. (laughs) And I started to laugh. I started to just giggle a little bit and it turned into holy laughter. It's only the one of, I've, I've had holy laughter three times in 30 years. 
this was not a good time to do that. (laughs) I'm like, Holy Spirit, am I? But I couldn't, it wasn't that, you know, it wasn't that I absolutely couldn't stop it. But listen, if the Holy Spirit begins to move on me, I know he's doing it, not just for me, but for someone. And I don't, I don't stop those things. I don't add to them, but I don't stop them. So I allowed the holy laughter to come. And I, I was laid out on the platform in front of this Anglican church, laughing so loud and so, and so hard, you know, that I, for like 10 minutes, that's a long time to watch this. And people are like, what's going on? I mean, you can imagine, right? You can, cause they're like, okay, we were going to be open to the Holy spirit, but I'm not sure about this, you know? Mm. And I know they're thinking this cause I can feel it. And I, as a oh, prophetic gosh. minister, I can, I can hear it. Yeah. I can feel it. I can hear it. And I, I'm like, Lord, you know, and he, and he didn't say get up, you know? And then there came a point where he's like, get up now and preach the word. And I got up and I preached the word. I had a, I had a deep word for them and it was filled with scripture you know, and, and they got it. They got it. What they were getting was that, see, the Holy Spirit can move and we can still have scripture. We can have the word and spirit. Yeah. We can have both because, because he does both. Kim, I'm so excited for (laughs) the conference. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me really wasn't my honor. That's been our podcast for today, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Dr. Kim Moss for being my guest. For more information on the conference so you can come see Kim speak live, head on over to our website, spiritandtruth.life slash conference. There you will find all of the information you need to register. Hey, remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss another episode. And we will come back to you in the next conversation.